Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 4 and meet me at verse 1. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. I want to welcome everybody in the building. Thank you for joining. Welcome everybody online. Thank you for joining. Everybody that will listen to the podcast later, if you're in your car, walking on the treadmill, whatever you may be doing, thank you so much for joining us today. Today, I'm going to preach something I've never preached before, so I need your faith, and I need you to be praying over me because we're going to see something that we've never seen before. 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah, saying, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elijah said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, go, borrow vessels from everywhere. From all of your neighbors, empty vessels, do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it in. Now it came to pass. Somebody say, it came to pass. When the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Verse seven, then she came and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons live on the rest. Say amen to that. We started the year out talking about the favor of God, and we spent several months talking about God's favor upon our life, God's undeserved kindness upon our life, God doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And we said that favor is not an accessory, favor is a necessity. If you're going to fulfill everything God's called you to do and fulfill in the earth, it requires the favor of God, and God's favor is on us. And then we moved on and talked a little bit about faith. We spent months talking about faith, what faith is, what it means, how to apply it, how to release it, how to believe God for the supernatural, how to access God's grace. We spent four, four or so months talking about faith. And last week, I told you that we were going to start a new series, and I believe it should go the next few months, maybe to the end of the year, depending on what the Lord says. But we're going to get into miracles. We're going to talk about the supernatural occurrences happening in this earth. And today, I just want to introduce to you the concept of miracles, because my goal today is to change the way you think. I want you to begin to see differently than you have seen before. And so with God's grace, his anointing, and uh, with clarity, and with 
communication. I want to begin to open the eyes of your heart like we sung this morning, and we're going to see the Lord in a fresh new way. As you know, you and I live in a visible and sensual world. Ever since we entered into this world, we have been dominated by our five physical senses. What we can see, what we touch, what we taste, what we hear, and what we smell. And this, these five physical senses has caused us to be confined in this world that we live in. We judge everything by our five physical senses. We make determinations about what we're going to do, what is possible, what is impossible, what are we going to accomplish, what can we do, what are our limitations, what are our boundaries, all of that is determined by our five physical senses. And in this world that we live in, uh, there is time, right? Space and matter. We live in a world consistent of time. Time's not a bad thing, right? Time gives us seasons, days, and God created order with time. And so time is not necessarily a bad thing, but God never created time to imprison you. Time was never formed to limit you, to bound you, to imprison you. Time was only set to bring some sort of order. And because of time and because of our natural limitations, we were raised, unfortunately, to limit what we can do. I don't know about you. I had, I had some awesome parents but I know that they had some limitations in what they can do. And because of their limitations, <laughs> consequently, there were some limitations on me and what I could do. And now, as I'm feeding on the word of God and I'm seeing the word of God a lot clearer and a lot better, uh, I've noticed that we need to stop limiting what God can do for our children. Stop limiting what God can do for us. One of my sons, uh, he's 12 years old, Zaven, he really likes the G-Wagon. It's a, it's a nice Mercedes G-Wagon. He, he's been talking about this G-Wagon. Now, G-Wagon close to $200,000, but I never told him he couldn't have it. I said, every time you see one, you just say, that's mine. I can have that. That's possible. I could do that. By God's grace, I'll take it. That's mine. Why? I don't want to limit him. Why limit him to, well, buddy, that's 200000 I don't know, buddy. $200,000 is nothing to God. And heathens are driving around in it, right? Why can't a man of God, a woman of God, drive nice things? And so we see that there have been some limitations in what we have been taught in what we have seen, in what can take place, in what can occur, and in what can happen, we've limited. We have limited what's possible in our lives. But if you are a believer, you have access to a realm that is not moved by your five physical senses. As a born-again believer, you have access to an invisible realm. You have access to another dimension. 
And through this series, I'm going to use these words because I want to bring this to pass in your sight in that you can see something that's not in the physical realm. You have eyes in your heart, and your eyes in your heart can see things that your natural eyes do not see. Matter of fact, Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, while we do not look at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen, because the things that are not seen or the things that are seen are temporary are subject to change. What we see with our natural eyes is subject to change, but the things that are not seen or we can see with the eyes of our heart are eternal. They last forever. And the unseen realm, the unseen dimension, I like to call it God's kingdom realm, in the unseen is, is more real, is more true, than what you currently see with your eyes. What you can see in the invisible realm is more firm and more established than what you see with your natural eyes. Matter of fact, John chapter 3, verse 3, Nicodemus is talking to Jesus, and Jesus tells Nicodemus, unless you're born again, you can't even see the kingdom of God. So people that are not born again could not even see this invisible kingdom that born again people have access to be able to see and to draw from in an invisible kingdom. The spirit realm is more real than the natural realm. Heaven is a place. It's not in the earth. So we can't go find it somewhere in the earth. But it is a place in the spirit realm. And once we become absent from this body, guess what we'll be? Present with the Lord in this spiritual invisible realm that we live in. You are a spirit being having a natural experience. You are not a natural being having a a spiritual experience. I want to change the way you think over the next few months. You are not just surviving. I'm just human. I always have pain. I'm always broke, busted, and disgusted. It is what it is. I always have to deal with this. That's no longer you when you gave your life to the Lord. When you gave your life to the Lord, you became a part of an invisible kingdom And God is the king of this realm, and he is superior in this realm, and the kingdom has everything you need that pertains unto this life and this existence that we have on the earth. You are a spiritual being. Somebody say amen to that. Now, in this story, we see... This widow woman, her husband has just died. Assumingly, abruptly, she's passed away. I mean, he has passed away, her husband. And the creditors have come to take all of her goods. And she goes to the man of God and she says, my husband, your servant. Obviously, he was a man of God as well. He has died and the creditors are taking my stuff and 
my children to be slaves in order to pay off all of the stuff that we have. Footnote, do not leave your family in this situation. Men, women, breadwinners, do not leave, listen to me, your family in that sort of situation. Get you some term life insurance, get you something, save some money up, get some burial insurance, get something, but don't leave your family in this sort of predicament where this woman and her children have now going to be slaves because they have debt. So the man of God says, okay, what do you have in the house? What do you currently have? Not not what you're going to have. What do you currently have in the house? And he says, she says, I'm sorry. She says, well, I sold the flat screen TV. I don't have any more furniture. I, I got rid of all of my jewelry. I, 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 had to, I had to get rid of everything. All I have is a jar of oil. That's all I have. And he says, okay, okay. Because when you have a need, you sow a seed. And your seed is always smaller than the need you have. But if you want your need met, you're going to have to sow a seed in order for God to use that seed and meet your need. So she says, I have a little oil. So the man of God says, go and borrow vessels. Now, I want you to listen to this word borrow because this word borrow is not a sin. It is not a sin to borrow. I don't like to owe anybody. I don't like it. I don't like the feeling that I owe somebody. I I, I don't like it at all. But to borrow is not a sin. What's a sin in Scripture is the inability to pay it back. That's the sin. You can't pay it back, then that's the sin. But borrowing is not the sin. Now, it's risky because a borrower is servant to the lender. It's risky. You could be put in a position to where you can't pay it back. Then you become in debt, and that's what the Bible calls sin. But if you borrow and you are paying it back, you are not in sin. I need to teach people this because some people feel so bad. I know of people that used to ride the bus everywhere and they could go get a car. Get you a car. Well, I don't want to owe no money. Can you? I'm believing God for $35,000 to pay it cash. Can you make the $300 payment? I can do that. Well, go ahead and make the $300 payment. Amen. If you can do that, ain't no way if you can't commit to the $300 payment or $400 or $500, however much the payment is, you ain't going to drop $40,000 on no car. Go ahead. Go ahead. Start where you are. There was one particular time, Stacey and I went to the car lot. I had a, my, one of my cars was getting worked on, and they tried to sell me. Oh, you know why this car getting worked on? You need to look at this car. I said, oh, you know, okay. You know how they do, you know. I said, okay, I, you know, hey, let's look at this car. So I began to look at the car a little bit, and they're like, oh, man, we, you like that? And we were getting ready to have Zage, so we needed a little bigger vehicle. Stacey wanted a van, and I'll tell you what, I never wanted a minivan, but that minivan has been nothing but a blessing, praise the Lord. That's a helpful vehicle when you have small children. And so 
So she was like, let's look at the minivan. I looked at the minivan, and, and you know, they had a price on the minivan, and oh, the, this, that, and the price. And I said, I told them, I said, listen, I said, I'm not ready to get another vehicle. And they said, uh, they said, oh, man, this feature, we can get this price. You know, they kept dropping the price. We can get this price. We can do this with this price. And, and, and come on, we can get this trade in for this vehicle and get this price. I said, I said no, nah, I, I don't, I don't want to get a vehicle. And then they came to me and said, we'll give it to you at 0% interest. I heard the Lord say, borrow that money. <laughs> They're going to they give it to you at 0%. Take it. It's the, it was either give them $35,000 now or give them $35,000 over five years. I'll wait over the five years. I said, I'll take it. I heard the Lord say, do that. I said, okay. All right. You're going to give it 0% interest? I'll do that. Uh, footnote, if you go back to the car lot, just ask them about the zero. I don't know what your credit is. Just ask them anyway. Say, well, what about 0%? Just, just put that in their, in their mind and let's see what they say to you. I had never heard of 0%. I had never heard of it. When they offered it to me, I said, thank you, Jesus. And I took it. Amen. Years ago, round, we were living in a house. Stacy and I, and we were outgrowing the little home that we had. And this was during the Great Recession. Y'all remember those days? And we, Stacey wanted to go look for another home. I said, we can go look, but we're not getting one. And she was like, well, I'm going to go look anyway. I said, that's fine, but we're not getting nothing. Go ahead. And so she went looking. Finally, she said, okay. I told her I wasn't going with her to go look because we're not getting nothing, right? And she said, well, will you go with me this one time? I said, okay, just this one time I'll go. And I went and I walked into this, the model home. And I walked in and, I, and the Spirit of the Lord said, that is your home. Buy this home. And I said, oh, my gosh, I heard God clearly by. I said, Lord, but we already own a home. And at that point, it was upside down. We were upside down about $10,000, $12,000 in the home. Y'all remember when prices were low and we were up? I owed more. Upside down means you owe more than the house is worth. And so we're upside down. And I heard the Lord say, buy this home. So, ah, man, I get home. Stacy's like, we're supposed to buy the home. I said, um, no, no, no. She said, well, will you pray about it? I said, I didn't tell her I'd already heard from the Lord. I said, we, we can't do it, babe. There's no reason to buy another home. We already own a home. We're upside down, $10,000, $12,000. No reason to buy this home. She said, well, just pray about it. Because I heard the Lord say we're supposed to get it. I said, well, I'll pray about it. And I just couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. And I'm tossing and turning because I heard the Lord say buy it. And so finally, after a week, yeah, I know I'm disobedient. After a week... <laughs> I said, we're supposed to buy the home. So I, I called up the, our realtor. I said, listen, we want to make offer. And the, what they were offering the home, I thought was an amazing price for a brand new home built. I said, okay. I said, we want to buy. We went through all the things. They, I, I got approved to, to have the home that we had and purchase an, another home. And so we went ahead, purchased that other home. And I'm like, Lord, what are we going to do with this home? We're not living in it. It's upside down. I want to sell it. Maybe we can rent it. I don't know, but I'm trusting you. The Lord told me to borrow the money to do that. And so at before we could even, the ink dried on the paperwork of signing the new home, my parents lived in another city, and they were in Chicago. They said, we're moving to Charlotte. I said, glory to God. They said, we need a place to stay. We're going to come down and scout the land, look for a place to stay. I said, look no further. I have a place. She's like, what happened? I said, we just signed paper on a new home, and you guys could just move right into this home. She said, for real? I said, yeah. She said, well, your dad, he starts work 
early. So before we could even get out of that home, dad had already moved down, lived with us for a couple of weeks. And then we finally moved into our new home. And then he stayed there. Mom moved down and they moved right on into that home. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And so not only did I buy a home, they moved into this home and then they wanted to build their own home. So eventually they built their own home. And then we ended up selling this home and made thousands of dollars on that home because the times had changed. Everything had flipped. Then price increased. The, when I owed reduced, it was worth more. We flipped. God told me to do that. I'm talking about what God can tell you to do. He said, go ahead and do that. So don't ever be afraid to borrow if the Lord is leading you. Now, if you just can't control your spending, stop. But if the Lord's leading you, don't be afraid to. I, I know a guy who owns a car lot, and he has to borrow money in order to get the cars on the lot and so on and so forth. That's just how it works. He's like, there's no reason for me to drop a million dollars to do it. I, this works best for me. That's okay. You can use the world's way of doing it for the glory of God. Just know that borrowing is risky, and it could lead you to a place where you become in debt. And in debt means you can't pay, and that's where God does not want you. And so the man of God tells the woman, go borrow some vessels. And so she tells her sons, y'all don't know this, but her sons' names are, are Don and Josh. So she, she tells her sons, Don and Josh, Don, and she says, listen, Don and Josh, the, the, the creditors want to take you as slaves. And what they want to do is they want you to work and pay this back. And so I know that y'all don't want to be slaves. And I know y'all don't want to work for the creditors. And I know that y'all want to stay here. And so what I need for you to do is I need for you to borrow vessels. And so they started coming back with the vessels that they borrowed. It's consequently, did y'all know that it was true life, purple colored vessels <laughs> that they all borrowed? And you didn't know they were solo cups, but that's what they went and got. I thought about bringing a bunch of glasses from my house at the end, but that would have just been a mess. So this works out here. And look, all of the vessels that they get. And they lay them out. So they got to get it organized because, because mama said, get all the vessels you can get. And so... They borrowed the vessels, and they brought the vessels back, and they laid it out on the table. Now, remember, the mother said, all I have is a jar of oil. Look at this jar right here. This is a jar of oil. And she said, this is all I have. I, I got rid of the TV, got rid of the couch, the furniture, my jewelry. I got rid of it all. All I have is a jar of oil oil. And I'm going to move this table right here. We're going to put this in the middle right here. Pick it up there. Pick it up. Pick it up. Come on, sons. All right, I got it. All right. <laughs> and so they laid out the vessels. And as they laid the vessels out, the woman opened up her jar. And she began to pour. And then she began to pour. And she poured all the way up to the top. And she poured. She poured, and she poured, and she poured, and, and, and she poured. Now, remember, the, the Bible says that she told the sons, go borrow 
the vessels and she shut the door behind her. I mean, she didn't get on Facebook. She didn't get on Instagram, YouTube. She shut the door, meaning don't nobody know what's going on here. And so she's pouring, she's pouring, she's pouring. She's pouring, she's pouring. She's not thinking about nothing. She's just, she just obeying the man of God. We got to get these vessels in here. We're going to pour this oil. And, we're, and we're, she's pouring and she's going. And she's pouring and she keeps pouring and she's pouring and she's pouring. She's like, hey, Don, Don, Josh, listen, Don, I need some more vessels. And Don and Josh say, there are no more vessels than the oil seeds. And so she says, hmm, this little jar poured oil for all of these vessels. Here's the point I want you to get. When the demand stopped, the supply stopped. If another vessel was available, that would have been demand and supply. If the other vessel demanded, the supply would have kept going, and it would have kept going. And so the supply was only limited by the demand. Are you listening to me? The more you place a demand, the more God will supply. And so the Lord spoke this to me back in 2014. He said, Devon, I will regulate your supply by your demand. That was a word I heard. I was driving on the freeway. I heard it in my heart. I regulate your supply by your demand. Meaning, what was he telling me? Whatever you demand where ministry is concerned, whatever you demand what, what's concerning your family, I'm going to supply it by the demand. If you don't place a demand upon it, I'm not going to supply it. What do you demand? Is it a healing in your body? Is it, is it a, a, a car? Is it some, uh, some form of... Uh, transportation? Is it some form of wisdom? What is it that you demand? If you demand it, God will supply it. And so here's what I want you to see. The woman then went to the man of God and said, all the vessels have been filled. The man of God said, good, sell it. Then take the money Pay off your debt and live off the rest. Immediately, she became a oil baroness. She's in the oil business. God gave her a business. And she's in the oil business, and she begins to sell it. And when she sold it, she took the rest, paid off the debt, her debts, and she lived off of the rest. But here's the question that I have for you. Are you ready for this question? Where did the oil come from? Where did it come from? There is an invisible kingdom that's more real than the natural kingdom that is not limited to space and matter. The oil came from the invisible kingdom of God. And she kept pouring and pouring and pouring. Where did it come from? It had to come from somewhere. Where did it come from? God's kingdom. The invisible realm has everything you need that will supply 
everything that you desire and you have to have to accomplish what God wants you to accomplish on the earth. Where did the oil come from? Recently, we bought some new cameras. Praise God. Hallelujah. Put your hands together. Yes. We paid cash. Hallelujah. For some new cameras we needed to upgrade, and these cameras were the next step to upgrade. Matter of fact, they said it was a big jump in, in upgrading these cameras. We brought them in. I thought we were just going to plug and play. I thought that was it. Plug and play. Well, that didn't work. We had to update our entire hardware in order to get the cameras just to view. That's how powerful they were. So we upgraded the hardware. And then once we upgraded the hardware, we finally got them to play. It took a couple of weeks. Thank you for your patience. We've been off and on over the last several weeks. We finally got them going. And then we struggled to get the sound to work. Now, I wasn't sounding right, and Josh was there, and Jerry was back there, and Paul, and Paul's been a major blessing in helping with all of this. The sound wasn't working, and so Paul and I have spent hours up here trying to figure out, let's get the cameras working. Okay, finally, we're going to work. Let's get the sound. Oh, oh, the sound's not working. I don't know what's going on. You know what? We're not going live next uh, this Sunday because the sound didn't work, and so last Sunday, we didn't go live, and I said, Lord... I need to know what's going on with the sound. So in the natural, Toya, what do you do? You call sound people. I call, we call Pierre. I'm talking to Pierre. We're trying to figure out what's going on. I call some friends that, that I know that run sound. We, and they all had different reasons what was going on. This is this, it's that. And you need a new cord. And, and, and you need, you, you, what you need is you need to reboot the whole thing. No, you need to buy a whole new hardware system. No, you, you just need to send the cameras back. And this is all what you need. This is, it just doesn't work. I said, Lord, I believe this is what we're supposed to do. I sat down behind the computer. It was a Tuesday. I said, Lord, I need for you to show me what's wrong with these sounds. So I'm surfing on the web, and I see a title. The title says, How to Stop Your Computer from Overheating. That's not what I need to know. I need to know about the sound. The Spirit of God said, watch that video. Well, Lord, we, it, it's, how to stop the computer from overheating is not what I need to know. I, I need to know about the sound. I hear it again in my heart. Watch that video. Oh, gosh. Okay. Turn the video on. The man's talking about the, the overheating computer. I'm like, Lord, why am I watching this video? I got other stuff to do, Colleen. You know what I mean? I'm not, why am I watching this? All of a sudden, the man said one thing in there. He said, go to this, 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 this. I said, oh, that might be the sound issue. I finished the video. I do what the man says in there. Do this, 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 this. I did it. All of a sudden, the sound worked. Immediately worked. Hallelujah. L listen, 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 listen. Where did the answer come from? Where did it come from? It came from the invisible kingdom of God through a video that was titled How to Stop Your Computer from Overheating. That was the solution to fix our sound issue so that we can go live. I ran around this church building when it started working. Paul, and then Paul texted me, right, Pastor? I'm praying over the sound. I'm Googling. Paul said, I watched three hours of video. I can't figure it out. I said, Paul, the Lord told me. Through a video of the <laughs> how to stop your computer from overheating. Amen. Where did it come from? It came from the kingdom of heaven. 
the invisible kingdom of heaven. Through that video, to me, and fixed our issue. People, professionals were telling me to take stuff back. It's not working. Take it back. But the Lord had an answer. I'm thinking about Adrian sitting over here to my left. Adrian was appointed by God to be a part of our church. Listen to how she got here. She was Googling another Devon. Ran across me. And said, I'm going to go check that church out. And she's been here ever since. How did she get here? Come on, clap. You can clap for that. How did she get here? God showed her me through another Devon that she was looking for. And now she's a part of this thriving community. And we're blessed that she is here with us, overseeing our fellowship and doing a lot of other great things as well. How did she get here? God's invisible kingdom. How did the oil keep keep going into the vessel? Where did it come from? The invisible kingdom. Where did the answer come from that I needed for the audio? Professionals are telling me, send it back. It don't work. Go back to the old cameras. Where did the answer come from? The invisible kingdom of God. I'm submitting to you, and I have a lot more to say, but I'm not going to say it all today. But I submit to you that if we become more aware of the invisible realm, we'll become more, uh, what word am I looking for? Capable of receiving God's grace that we access by faith to draw from this invisible realm into our realm, our dimension, in a supernatural and marvelous way. Somebody say amen to that. God is going to show you in this season that he's going to get anything to you from anyone, anywhere, at any time. This is how you experience true life. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead.